This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally. Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network, available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Hey, business storytellers. How's everyone doing? Fantastic. I unmuted myself, so that's a good start to the day. And today we want to talk about audio branding. And I'm interested to learn about this topic because, quite frankly, I had put that on the back burner for a long time. Um, you know, I didn't even have a real mic. This is like a relatively new thing. I got this in December, and now we're in April. Um, before that, I said, "Oh, you don't need you don't need a mic. Just use your AirPods, use your phone." And partially, that's not untrue. You can use your phone, but two million podcasts are now out there. Good audio, good audio branding is indeed a differentiator. So it's moved up my list of priorities. And today I want to talk to an expert on the topic, Jody Krangle. She's a voiceover actress and an expert on audio branding. Um, I'd be interested to hear her feedback on any of my audio uh, content assets. For example, my opening. And I can tell you guys, once again, I took the shortcut. The shortcut is, hey, honey, can you record an opening? Yeah, I just wrote it. So that was my wife. She's not here. She doesn't watch the show. So she, Jody can give us um, honest feedback. It'll never go beyond me and you guys. So let's get her out of the green room here. Jody Kringle, th- welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Hi. <laughs> so what do you think? The opening, huh? Could she make it as a voiceover actress or maybe stick with her day job? You know, she's not bad, but I think the recording environment leaves much to be desired. (laughs) Yes, because literally I just gave her, I just held my phone in front of her like this. And that was kind of the the environment. So let's kind of start at the top here. First of all, Mm -hmm. audio branding. Why is that your priority? Why is it important? How did you get started uh, in that area? I got curious is what happened. I have always loved sound. I've been a singer since probably when I started talking. <laughs> and uh, and I just always have loved sound. So when I got into voiceovers, and that was around 13 years ago, I started in 2007. So I've been full time for a while. And um, around November of 2019, I was in a business mastermind. And everyone that I knew of was starting a podcast. And we were all kind of looking at each other going, well, what do we want to talk about? What are we passionate about? And sound has always been something I've been passionate about. So audio branding kind of seemed like a no brainer to me because as a voice actor, I'm a tiny little part of one of my clients audio brands. So it it made sense to me to ask my clients questions about what may appear with their own audio brand. And yeah, that just, uh, that just worked for me. So (laughs) are we frozen? I think we are. 
Uh-oh. No, I can hear. I can hear you. Everything you can hear me. Okay. seems to be working. You were and audio is most important for today's show. <laughs> that is um, true. <laughs> you know what's interesting? I do so many of these live streams. I don't even like. I'm looking. I'm like, yeah, you're frozen. You'll be back in a minute. <laughs> okay. The other, yeah. the, the other day, I actually had a, a guest who totally disappeared. Like we're talking and he's oh. gone, and so he came back and his video didn't come back. So I just put up his name and said, "Voice of Ryan Carruthers." I see. And, okay. You know, like you just gotta roll with it. That's the world okay. we live streamers live in. We'll, we'll roll with it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll okay. roll with it. So in, interesting story, and you certainly have made it um, like a, you, your full time engagement for whatever that's been fourteen years. Awesome. Well, voice um, acting has been my full-time acting. engagement. Yeah. The audio branding came around later, and mostly it came about by being curious, because I was curious about what the people who were hiring me were thinking of. I was curious about what an audio brand meant to my clients and how I could contribute to that. And so I've been asking a lot of questions, not only about audio in advertising because it influences everything that we buy you mm-hmm. know we buy based on emotions and then we try to logically explain it to ourselves right <laughs> this is how it works so it's all an emotional game and sound is one of those things that gets to our hearts super quickly and really deeply so it really is the best way to emotionally reach your clients and it just seemed like a no-brainer to sort sort of study this because as a part of it I wanted to know what was happening. <laughs> but but also beyond that, I mean, I talk with storytellers, I talk with podcasters, I talk with people who help you improve the quality of your own voice. I talk with people who are casting directors in the voiceover area. I talk with people who are healers using sound for healing. So ASM artists and people who use tone therapy and binaural beats and I actually just talked with an audiologist who was talking about how we can protect our hearing and how mm. you can uh, work with children who have hearing loss or, or hearing disabilities and, and need to learn how to navigate the world while they, while they have this and help for their parents as well. So there's a lot of really important topics around the area of sound. And rather than saying that I'm an audio branding expert, I would say that I am a facilitator and a guide. <laughs> so I'm, I have the podcast, I'm learning a ton. And I always love about this, but I'm not an audio brander myself. I don't actually have a company that does that. So I just want to make mm-hmm. sure that people understand that if they want an audio brand, I definitely can point them in the right direction, (laughs) but it wouldn't be me. (laughs) I love the voiceover aspect. Yeah, typically, typically I just assume everybody that comes on here, they're an expert. So I just call them that on whatever topic. Um, (laughs) So good differentiation. So it's interesting. Um, So we really have a couple of different ways to to think about this, right? First of Mm -hmm. all, you have the audio branding of whatever it is you're producing. So for example, you know, we'll work on the the production environment when my wife records uh, a a voiceover or I could hire somebody like you to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, But we have that, right? It's like the first impression. I mean, if it already doesn't sound good unless they're really invested already. And then we have, um, and then we also have like the personal kind of right like how do my voice how do i work on my voice and sound differently if i don't like it and i don't 
I don't know. I can't, I'm not in love with how I sound on podcasts, but I also don't hate it. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm not, I don't think anybody, I don't know many people who say they love it anyways, but I also don't hate it. So how do we, so when, when brands come to you, mm-hmm. how do they even determine people who need to have everything perfect so they're like they're natural they're never going to go ask their spouse to record it (laughs) then they have people like who are just going to go do it and at some point they go you know maybe it's time to upgrade from my spouse that didn't sound (laughs) right but you know and so like how, how do brands come to you what's the what's like the trigger point for them to realize they need better audio Well, uh, you know, unfortunately, part of what I'm, I guess, fighting, and I'll put this in quotation marks because that's a little strong a word, but (laughs) what I'm uh, trying to get people to think about is the fact that their audio is just as important as their visual. So a lot of people will spend a ton of time and a ton of money on their logo and their font and their colors. They'll have books that outline this for everybody in their company so that it's consistent throughout every touch point that they have. And that's great. That is definitely a big part of branding. But if they don't follow through with the audio part of that, and they just tack it on at the end of a video or in a video, they just use whatever music they can find at a license-free directory, you know, then they're going to probably either duplicate what their, their competitors are using or someone else in a completely different area that they're not even involved in is using the same music they are. <laughs> um, or, you know, and, and the voiceover as well should be a reflection on who the brand is. So all of this is a part of what makes the brand DNA differentiate itself from other people in the market. And really, when it comes down to what's going on right now, where a lot of things are audio first, you know, we're talking about Alexa and Google Home and all of these, you know, voice only activated software pieces. How do you differentiate yourself when there are no visuals? You know, you got to think about that these days. And there's a lot more accessibility to audio than there is to the the visual aspect of this. If about it because actually I'm going to I'm going to sort of uh, quote someone that I have interviewed on my show his name is uh, Terry Fisher Dr. Terry Fisher and he talks a lot about voice AI and what he says and this is a really interesting quote from him he says that voice is his original OS so his it's his original operating system is voice that's really the same for all of us so up until this point, we have done a lot of development of computers and, and everything that we do to make our lives easier, we've had to adapt to it. So we've had to learn how to type. We've had to learn how to swipe on a screen. We've had to learn how mm-hmm. to operate all of this stuff, right? But now we're getting to the point where the computers are starting to adapt to us. So they're adapting to us by allowing us to use voice activation mm-hmm. because that is our original operating system. Voice, we hear it from the moment we're, from actually the moment, almost the moment we become a human being in our mother's womb. I mean, we hear first. (laughs) So that is really where everything should be going. And I think that'll make it easier for everyone. You're you're even talking about the elderly being able to use an, an Alexa or Google Home device 
to make sure that they get their medication or like it can program out all of this stuff for them without them having to do anything. They don't have to touch a screen. They don't have to type. They don't have to know how to operate a computer. All they need to do is talk. And, and that's, really, and, I mean, it's just so basic. <laughs> I mean, it is. And thank you so much for almost not saying the, the digital <laughs> assistance names. She didn't go off, but I got them both nearby. <laughs> So, okay, yeah. um, but my, my, my funnest story when it comes to the one with an A, the Amazon one, uh -huh. um, is I'm on, I'm on a call and I say, they said something like, they asked me a question. I said, well, sometimes, whatever. And she goes, now playing sometimes Britney Spears. I'm like, <laughs> what? So some of these, some of these devices are really like, they're kind of human to yeah. an extent, um, because, you know, they also don't hear us correctly sometimes. <laughs> um, I actually, I was talking to Naz Orbina this morning, and he runs Orbina Consulting, um, OmniX channel conference um, coming up later this year. And he said, and I don't know why we got to content. Maybe we were talking about this interview today. Sure. And he said, so if you're on a call, if you're on a call and the video goes away, but the audio still works, are you going to continue the call? Yes. But if the if the audio goes away and the video is still there, are you going to continue? No way. no way, right? Same thing here. We would continue if we lose the video for some reason. But um, so very interesting. Um, and and of course, it is a differentiator to have good audio, quite frankly, because all yeah. these podcasts and and everybody out there. How so? You're so it looks like you're in a sound booth. Is that I am correct? So what's it your is. setup? I am in a five by four sound treated booth that I had custom made for me. So it has my coloring on it. <laughs> okay. uh, and I'm using a Sennheiser 416 mic, which is a shotgun mic. That is a standard in the voice acting community. So uh, pretty usual and not a cheap mic. <laughs> uh, also really good for travel because originally it was made to be on boom poles in film. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, these things are work, they're workhorses, they'll survive just about anything. Uh, but it's great for cutting out room noise when you're in um, uh, an environment that isn't as planned as your home environment. Um, I also have a TLM 103, which is a Neumann mic, which is a, a large condenser mic again, but mostly I use that one for singing. So that has a bit of a better sound for the whole you sort of want a little bit of room noise with a with a singing mic you don't want it completely dead the reason that i'm in this kind of an environment is because when i'm recording for my clients doing voiceover they want as pristine and dead a sound as possible so that they can add all the color onto it later so what the sennheiser 416 does is it makes the voice pop just a little bit in the mix and and that works really well for advertising and corporate narration and that kind of thing, which is most of what I do. Corporate narration. What's corporate mm -hmm. narration? What do you mean by that? Uh, narrating for corporations on their websites, internal presentations, trade shows, uh, web videos that they put on their social media. I do a lot of anthem videos and I actually really love them. Those are the the ones that you see on a company website that are all about, um, in VR and we're
love those types of, of videos. They are really um, fantastic. And that is a very unflattering picture to focus on there. <laughs> I just noticed my freeze on the video and it was not a good position. <laughs> it, 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 ne oh, it never is. It never is. But it never most is. Importantly, You're right. Most importantly, your audio was fantastic. <laughs> oh, good. So, okay. <laughs> when... So yesterday was April Fool's Day. We actually yes. ran a fun campaign over at Vox Pop Me, and I wrote a script. Mm -hmm. And of course, I've written scripts, you know, I mean, for many years, you know, even it was funny. I had a, back, a flashback when you were talking about the boom mic, because I actually used to do video production okay. where I would have somebody stand over here with a boom mic, you know, yeah. over them. I would be looking at it and, and telling, you know, people what to do and what not to do and, you know, whatever, be more conversational. But the <laughs> script, if I may say so much, the show, the real talk, the customer insights show, I don't know if they're in the bottom here on Amazon. I'll feature them for a minute if mm -hmm. they are. Um, they're not. I don't know why not. But anyway, so when they actually read it on air, and I don't typically recommend to read scripts on a podcast, just have a conversation, but it sounded pretty good, if I may mm -hmm. say so myself. And I don't sure. know, maybe it's partially because they were really doing a good job and I had a halfway decent script. But when people send you scripts, I mean, how often do you... Uh, nobody can say this or ever would. <laughs> well, you know, a lot of corporate narrations can be like that because it, it's corporate speak. You know, a lot of it is like industrial and, you know, this kind of um, uh, some tech speak and that kind of thing. But I mean, it's my job to make it sound like anyone could say it. <laughs> right. It's it's my job to make it sound like I'm not reading from a page and then I'm having a, you know, honest conversation with someone and it is part of a conversation you kind of have to use theater of the mind even if you need to do that so yeah i mean it, it is a performance but it's a performance where you are actually acting no matter what you're doing <laughs> because even if it's advertising even if it's a, a corporate anthem or something like that you have to have some kind of a scene in your head because, you know, you see where I'm coming to you from right now, right? I have headphones on my head. I'm talking into a mic. I'm looking at a screen and I'm in a booth with no one. I'm in a padded room with no one here. <laughs> so that is a really not natural environment to be doing this kind of thing from. So you really have to live in your head when you do this. Because if you don't have some kind of a scene going in your head while you're doing it, it can sound really fake. <laughs> and right now, people's BSO-meters are so high. So yeah. I need to make sure that anything that I do sounds real. So the BSO-meter, that's very interesting. I just saw a site, and I think it's been being shut down or it's not updating anymore. It's a German site. Mm -hmm. And I, I tried to figure out what how it was translating. I think the best transition translation was uh, the dumb talk meter. And you can put in your website and it gives you a score. And there were some websites, you know, 10, 30, that's not too bad. And mm -hmm. then going into, you know, 130, there was one with 403. I don't know how high it goes, but it's kind of interesting, you know, like some of these corporate websites and corporate uh, slogans. It's just mm -hmm. so much marketing gobbledygook. Be real. Yeah. You know, yeah. share share what matters and 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 whatnot. 
So, um, obviously, so I've been preaching everybody, you know, if you're going to do a podcast, for example, live stream the podcast, I mean, right here, you know, we're reaching much more people, many more people already, Mm -hmm. just because we're live. Um, Even though, guys, I should say, LinkedIn did not trigger for some reason. So we will share the link to YouTube in that post later. That's technology. And, you Mm. know, you got to do what you got to do. We the show must go on. (laughs) Um, So when you so you're in a room, but that's not necessarily how most everybody should set up their setting, right? Like if I'm just a podcast host, I mean, I'm okay doing this. Or do I need to think about getting a room? Or is that really more when I need the more, um, you know, the the higher quality stuff for the beginning and maybe in the middle in the end or something like that? Uh, I would start with sound treating your room, whatever room you happen to be in. And when I say sound treating, I don't necessarily mean that you have to spend, you know, thousands of dollars or anything. You really don't. But what you want is a room that has maybe less hard surfaces uh, you probably don't want to have your mic on a stand on the desk because the desk itself can transmit a lot of noise. When you're moving or you're touching the desk or whatever, that transmits through the mic, through the stand. Well, so- hold on a second, though. But what? That's exactly <laughs> my setup. So my <laughs> mic is uh-huh. set, it's hooked up to the yeah. desk. And now, now. But that's an arm. That's an arm, right? It is. Yeah. It, okay. But it's hooked up to the desk, which goes okay. up and down. Okay. But that's fine. Like if you're clamped onto the desk and it's an arm that moves, oh. that's that's actually, that's okay. I, I think you're good okay. with that. But when you're talking about like a, like a, a, a tri stand or something like that, you know, like, um, like you'd use for a, a camera or something like that, mm-hmm. a lot of people have this little stand that they'll put on their desk and then they'll talk directly into the microphone. And if the mic is too close and if you're talking to it directly on, you're going to get a whole lot of plosives. So popped peas and all sorts of stuff like that all over the place. It's going to sound loud and, and clip all over the place. And you just, you don't want that. That's just not good. What I meant by the stand was that if the stand is on the desk in front of you, if you knock the desk, if you move your feet under the desk, you know, you're going to, you're going to probably uh, have that sound transmit through the stand into the mic and it's going to get into your recording. I hear you. And I know you've probably seen this already backstage. I want to show you guys my setup really quickly. Uh, and give a quick shout out to switcherstudio.com. That's what we use to live stream. So here, here it is. Um, that's on. That's my iPad. That's my studio. Um, very interesting, right? I got my ring light right up there. I got my camera right up there, which technically I could put right there. But mm-hmm. why wouldn't I use two tripods if I have them? And then my <laughs> mic, take a look. My mic is actually okay. set up yep. like this. Mm-hmm. And then it's um, so you were saying that's OK, right, because it's pretty. Um, it should work. Yeah. 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 Be, um, you know, there there is a certain amount of, um, uh, I guess, give uh, built into mm-hmm. uh, an arm like that. It, it's just that the when you're talking about a stand that just sits on your desk in front of you, there's no give on that. It's like it. it's like the stand directly into the mic. And that is possibly going to cause you problems. Um, For a podcaster, 
I I have, I, you know, I started saying that a condenser mic is just better, but I have kind of gone back on that because for a podcaster, I think you want to hear less of your room. And to hear less of your room, you really need a dynamic mic. So that will help in any environment. But, you know, lower ceilings, not so many hard reflective surfaces around you, that can help a lot. A lot of people will, um, I, I've seen people build, uh, not pillow forts, but, you know, that kind of thing. Um, when I first started in voiceover, what I did was I put uh, curtain rods up on the ceiling in a square. Mm -hmm. And and then I put, I hung uh, moving blankets. And I could move the moving blankets away if I didn't need the the, the studio. <laughs> uh, but the moving blankets helped a lot. And if you did something like that, or if a podcaster did something like that in a room, it would probably help them a lot. And also you could use that background as a bit of a green screen because you could hang something on it or you could, you know, any kind of uniform um, background can usually work pretty well for Zoom, for instance, as a, a place to do a green screen background. Um, it needs to be green, obviously, if you're going to do it on something like what you're on here or in a stream yard or something like that. But, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, but there's lots of things that you can do to cut down on the reflection in your room because you want to hear less room noise and more voice. Yeah, it's interesting. It's it's so easy to forget about those things. And then sometimes you have to, this is actually maybe the one reason why you do need to listen to your own stuff mm -hmm. because you can hear, first of all, you hear the the stupid filler words that you should stop using. So for example, <laughs> yeah. I always say, right, all right. Is that right? Yes, that, right. And then people usually disagree with me. Um, but <laughs> in general, you know, I know some of the words that I shouldn't be using. And, and I also hear if I like the audio or not. So very, very interesting. Um, how, so when you do like podcast, so you have on podcasts or live streams, right? I kind mm -hmm. of bundle them together. You have like the opening and then like, do you also record things like for the middle? Like, do people do that where you just like, I don't want to say an ad or mid roll, but you know, yeah. some kind of call to action. And then do you do at the end too? Is that common? Uh, I do intros and outros. Um, I also do record ads for people. But I, in my own podcast, I actually do have a call to action in the middle. In fact, I have two things that I put in the middle. Um, to action because I have a downloadable PDF that is for free that people can download. And it puts them on a newsletter. If they don't want to go on the newsletter, they can just contact me directly. But, you know, that's the idea. And then I also have put together a bit of a thank you note kind of deal for people who've less who have left um interview i had the interview and i thank the person for doing the interview or or i read the review pardon me and and i thank them for doing the review and you know i'm just hoping that first of all the person who left it understands and, and hears that I'm grateful, but also that may be incentive for other people to leave a review because they might get it read on the show. <laughs> you never know. So I thought that was a, a nice little thing to do. But then I also have an outro. So all that really does is say the show is over and you can love the regular like it, share, that kind of deal. 
Mm-hmm. Pretty simple. So, and I think an intro is pretty pretty common. I think most people understand that, and not just come on and say hello. Even yeah. though I've done that before, depending on yeah. you know, if something didn't work. Um, but an outro, I honestly, and th- this is going to be episode, I don't know, 360 or something for the <laughs> yeah. podcast. I didn't even think about outros mm-hmm. until I was on the DealCast or Amazon Live with those guys. And they had all kinds of stuff going on, even throughout the show. Sure. And then they had the outro, and I was like, oh, oh I got to <laughs> think about how to do that, especially for the video version, right? Mm-hmm. How do I make yeah. that work? Um, what are some... What are you seeing is working for an outro? I don't even know. I mean, I, you know, now our outro is I'm Team Wave, right? Yeah, Bye. yeah. Bye. <laughs> but like, what what do I need to consider to have a good audio experience with an outro? Well, it depends on what your show is about, obviously. But if you are not putting a call to action in the middle of your show, then you could put it at the end of the show in the outro. You know, so if you want more information, go to this website. If you are interested in leaving us a review, you know, you can go to Apple. You can find us on all of the usual channels for a podcast. Um, If you like it, share with your friends. That would be really appreciated. You know, these kinds of these kinds of things, anything that you want to mention at the end. The key, though, is to keep it short because Hmm. A lot of a lot of times people aren't even going to listen to the outro. You know, it does put a nice little capper on the show. And I think that it's an important part. But if people are aware that they've already heard everything in the episode, they may or may not stick around, you know, so uh, have it there. It just makes things sound more professional. But yeah, I yeah, I do agree with that. I don't have any time to do any <laughs> anything else right now. But uh, yeah, I guess I could just go to voice voiceovers and vocals.com and file an order um and get it done that way. So maybe <laughs> I'll have to maybe I'll have to do that. Um so it's interesting though. So you know, ten years or ten seasons, I think, of friends ran on TV. And this is mm-hmm. when we had um TV, right? We actually had to watch TV. Yeah. And I had never watched the last three minutes of a single Friends episode <laughs> in 10 years. Because wow. when the yeah. commercial... So I didn't watch any of those scenes until it came out on Netflix or I got the DVDs or whatever. And then I was like, I have never seen that before. And my wife says, really? I'm like, I think that's <laughs> like there's a commercial. So I yeah. thought it's done. And I did that for 10 years. Mm-hmm. And so, but I wonder on podcasts. So when I'm listening to podcasts, I'm this is I'm getting to my question the long long way here. Okay. <laughs> so on a podcast, when I'm running a podcast, so I'm just playing the show on my computer in the background. I'm not sitting here trying to flip away as soon as it's done. Like I just have it running, and then when it's over, I'm like, oh, I got to start another podcast. So mm-hmm. there is actually a chance that people might hear the outro because oh, totally. it's just in the background. They're not waiting to skip. Yeah. It depends on how people are listening to it. And I think yeah. these days that's kind of changed. Like it used to be that people would do it. They'd listen while they were commuting. And now a lot of people are working from home or they're not working at all. <laughs> so uh, that kind of listening habit has changed. And I think Actually, I, I know a lot of people who do it while they're exercising and they'll just keep it running, like you said. So 
It depends on how much you're paying attention at the time, but I think a lot of people listen to podcasts doing other things. This is another reason why audio is so important, because you can listen to audio while you're doing other things, while you're washing the dishes, while you're doing the laundry, while you're commuting, while you're exercising, while you're doing anything. And that is a really efficient way to get your audio into your day. Whereas if you have to pay attention to a video, it's a little harder because you can't put your full attention on it, right? Yeah, it's very... So, it, yeah. It, it's very true. And I listen to podcasts. So when I'm writing, when I have like a really heavy writing day, I don't have podcasts on. That's just too much going on in my head. Yeah. But when I'm doing, I'm doing like keyword research or I'm setting up a live stream or whatever, I, I'm listening to podcasts and I actually, I have them on my AirPods and then basically I play them from my computer. But when I mm -hmm. get up and leave, I'm still listening and still doing other things. So um, that is certainly the power of audio. Now your podcast Audio Branding, the Hidden Gem of Marketing, mm -hmm. is available on Amazon. It's also available on Apple Podcasts. Yes, it is. Yeah. So you guys can use your voice and just ask the digital assistants to play the podcast. So you probably will have to say, play Audio Branding, the Hidden Gem of Marketing podcast, and yeah. it will work. Um, I'm a big fan of these voice devices, especially when they don't talk back to me and do <laughs> what I want them to do. Jody, it was fantastic to have you on the show. Thank you for the um, to-do list um, to put to put those things on my radar to work on. Um, if I can I help, will, let me know. I, you bet I will. <laughs> and um, I will let my wife know that her audio uh, passed the test, but <laughs> my production did not. Uh, I'm sure she'll appreciate that. <laughs> And so how do people, people just go to your website to reach out or, or how do you people connect with you? Well, the website is voiceoversandvocals.com. So that is how you can reach me for any voiceover work or you can probably, you can find the podcast there too. But the podcast you can reach directly at audiobrandingpodcast.com. And then you have links to like the 5,000 channels where podcasts. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically everywhere that you would listen to a podcast. <laughs> Fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, awesome. It was great to have you on, on the show. Thanks for connecting. Really appreciate you sharing your knowledge today with us and um, for making the time. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Awesome. Thanks everyone for watching and listening. Until next time. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win. Hello. Hi. Are you still there? I have a special offer for you. Thanks for listening all the way to the end. My going live book is now available on Amazon.com. And if you're in the United States, I'm happy to send you a signed copy, which you can order at paypal.me forward slash c-t-r-a-p-p-e c-t-r-a-p-p-e forward slash 12. Thanks for your interest. If you're not in the United States, I can't send you a signed copy, but of course you can order on amazon.com. <laughs>